Hello and welcome to the Travel Weekly Podcast. The COVID-19 crisis has brought a new intensity to long-running questions surrounding consumer protection in travel. In recent weeks, APTA has been campaigning for refund credit notes as a short-term alternative to cash refunds amid fears that current requirements risk the financial future of many otherwise healthy businesses. Meanwhile, consumer organisation WITCH has been vociferous in reminding customers that they are entitled to a cash refund if they are not willing to accept a refund credit note or to rebook for a future date. The two were brought together by Travel Weekly on a recent webcast. Editor-in-Chief Lucy Huxley was joined by WITCH Travel Editor Rory Boland and by Alistair Rowland, who is both ABTA Chairman and Mid-Counties Cooperative's Chief Retail Officer for Specialist Businesses. I'm going to start with you, actually, uh, Rory, because WITCH uh, has put out a number of reports and uh, statements over the last few weeks um, talking about the, the millions of consumers that are seeking refunds for cancelled holidays uh, and also um, in the report just last weekend uh, talking about a number of travel companies breaking the law. Now, um, you know, perhaps you could outline for us, you know, what, what you uh, see as the key issue. You're a consumer champion. We understand that. What do you think uh, is the key issue that, uh, that is uh, facing consumers here? And perhaps you could just talk us through what you're trying to achieve with these reports and statements. Sure. Um, so the, the investigations that we have put out of the, the, the articles um, are obviously attached to a 10-point plan that we put out last week as well, um, that we hope will solve some, if not all, of the, um, the problems that are occurring in the travel industry. And that, that's both holiday companies and airlines. Um, and I, you know, I hope we'll have time to go through quite a lot of those points today. Um, I think you know, a lot of what the focus has been on from which has been the refunds issue. Um, and that is something that we are, are passionate about in standing up for consumers. Um, it, you know, we've heard from thousands ourselves. We know there are millions out there who are struggling to get refunds, cash refunds rather than refund credit notes. Um, and our view, our very strong view is that their right to that must be retained um, within a relatively short time frame as well. Um, what I would say is that the counterpoint to that that we have put forward is we know how much difficulty the travel industry is in. We were one of the first organisations to come out just after ABTA to make that point to government many, many weeks ago um, that the travel industry required support. Um, and we've continued to make um, that case. You know, there's a couple of points in our 10-point plan um, that cover that. I suppose the key one is the, the travel guarantee funds that we have seen in in some other countries, because we appreciate that there are some travel companies, not all, but some travel companies that simply do not have the funds, that the funds are tied up with suppliers. We know in particular that airlines are a problem and that's addressed in the plan as well, that we expect government to enforce refunds from airlines. So I suppose the position of which that perhaps hasn't always come across to the industry is, is 50-50, that the consumer needs protection and needs help getting those refunds, but absolutely the travel industry requires assistance from government. And, you know, I think something we would all agree on is that we have waited far too long for that assistance to come now. And um, the travel industry is possibly going to be the deepest hit 
And because of the coronavirus crisis, it was certainly one of the first industries hit. So we've been waiting weeks for government to step in. Um, and, and we share the frustration of, of industry that that help hasn't come. So it, in summary, we're looking for both things. We're looking for help for consumers, but also help for industry. Mm. I mean, you're right. You have, you have issued a 10-point um, plan with your reports. We understand that. And uh, what you're saying there, the 50-50, you're, you're trying to get support for the industry. But of course, when the nationals pick up these reports, you know, they go for the big headline about, uh, you know, this law breaking and, you know, what that encourages is, you know, a stampede on the industry. You know, people are there. It's a run on the industry. People think, oh, goodness, my holiday company is going to go bust. I'll only have this credit note. Um, I'm not going to get my money back. I mean, do you do you understand um, that that's sort of been one of the outcomes of this report that you've um, produced because it's been interpreted that way in the national media. And so now it's whipped up quite a lot of panic among consumers, which has put extra pressure on the whole supply chain in travel. Because yes, it is big airlines at one end, but there's some very small businesses, travel agencies on the front line who are then, you know, getting this pressure from consumers. Yes, there's a there's a couple of points in there. So let me try and address as many of them as I can. And um, the reason we issued that report was because of the intransigence of large tour operators, primarily, and large airlines. Um, and that didn't just come down to them not issuing refunds. It came down to the communication that wasn't coming to customers as well. And we've been really clear about the criticism of that communication. While we're mindful that you know staff are on furlough, they are working remotely, so it is, is difficult. And um, many of the tour operators and many of the airlines have not proactively communicated with customers what their rights are, and that has frustrated thousands and thousands of customers. And the guidance that was coming from industry, we felt, wasn't right. There was nothing coming from government. So it was right for which to step in as a consumer champion and help those consumers who were confused, frustrated, increasingly angry, um, and, and just weren't getting anywhere. Um, so we hope by applying pressure to government and to industry that we can, we can help that issue become unstuck, I suppose. Um, and, you know, it's not just... We don't just do consumer-facing um, articles and, and the 10-point plan isn't just outwardly to media. We're obviously talking to all of the government departments involved and um, lobbying on behalf of consumers and the travel industry for that help to come. Um, but the truth is that there are millions of holidaymakers that are desperate to get those cash refunds uh, and they really had nowhere else to turn. So it was right for us to get involved and, and stand up for those consumers. Okay, well, Alistair, I'm going to bring you in just a second, but one last question just for the the moment, Rory. In your report, you had a figure of seven billion. Um, where did that come from? Because that's not a figure that I'd seen anywhere else, and that is the industry is 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 used. Where's the seven billion from? That's a good question. Let me check where that seven billion came from. Was that um, not, that wasn't an ABTA figure? No. Seven billion. The figure, I mean, we'll come, maybe Alistair can answer, but I think the figure that we've been looking at um, or is that if every single company were to fail and what was owed to customers who had outstanding money with tra travel companies would be about four and a half billion. So I'm just, I think, okay. right, Alistair. 
Yes, just over four billion in terms of uh, packages and repackages. So there may be some airline only in there, Rory, I guess. But but about about four billion is 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 where the government will sit, having to protect under the current Air Travel Trust Fund scheme. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I would have to go back and check that that seven billion. I think on the the figure generally, as, as Alistair raises there, that's exactly or certainly partially the point we were making is that the government is already on the hook for several several billion pounds um, if companies fail. So, you know, the government is already involved in this problem and it it is on the hook for that money. And our our view is, and I'm sure the view of the industry, that it would be better if it got involved now and, and saved the many viable companies that are, are struggling at the moment rather than continuing to wait and, and ending up having to pay later anyway. Okay, well, let's bring you in, Alistair. I mean, obviously, um, you know, the industry is, has never said uh, that customers should, shouldn't get a refund, um, I think. Um, I think, you know, by and large, Abter is arguing for um, an extension or some, uh, some period of grace to allow the companies to, to um, get the funds in order to pay these refunds. But um, what what do you make of what Rory said there, uh, Alistair, in terms of you know how industry hasn't been clear and hasn't been um, clear enough in communicating with customers over this issue? I think there's been some confusion, certainly in the first few weeks. Uh, I think from from Abtus perspective, the, the the principle of the refund credit note was only always attached to financial protection. Uh, and the date of that financial protection has caused some uh, some issues too. But it really is, to Rory's point, uh, where government are already on, on the hook. And it's a balancer between consumers wanting their money not to be unreasonably withheld and the ability to cope with the process, the administration burden process with m- most colleagues within businesses and tour operators and airlines actually being furloughed. So... Some of the issue is, you know, the food chain, starting with the airlines, but some of the issue is just the processing power of these businesses to be able to uh, actually interact, to process the refunds, even if they're minded to do so. So a a bit of both. But I think ABTA's consistency here is to create something that they see as acceptable within the package travel regulations as a delayed and guaranteed refund if the consumer doesn't uh, opt to take a, another holiday in the meantime. And, and that point has been absolutely consistent. The only thing that's changed since the middle of March, actually, is, is the end date, uh, depending on w- which bonding, you know, which tour operator or, or organiser has to make sure that uh, that original sale continues to be financially protected. And that date's a key point, isn't it, Rory? Do you think, you know, obviously originally it was July the 31st as a suggested date and now it could extend out well into 2021? And, it, you know, would consumers, if they felt confident that that refund credit note was absolutely going to have financial protection and their money was safe, will they be happy to wait um, as long as next year for their money to be returned? I think some would. Um, and and it's, it's something that would help if we could get government out and say, definitely 100% these refund credit notes, you know, with, within these terms are protected. I think you would get, you know, 
some more holidaymakers that would be willing to accept that, as many holidaymakers have accepted rebooking, you know, particularly at the start of this crisis, that there was a huge amount of goodwill to the travel industry, particularly holiday companies, um, because people have, have often had a fantastic experience with a company um, and, and have been loyal to that company. So, so they have wanted to help. But, you know, there will be a portion of people who continue to want a cash refund, may very well require a cash refund. And, and that option has to be retained. Um, I think, you know, if we can get a portion of people to rebook and a portion of people who are comfortable taking that, that government-backed financial note, refund credit note, that helps consumers, it helps industry. Hopefully that allows the industry then the headroom to issue those customers who want a cash refund with that cash refund. It's really crucial for us and for the people that we've heard from that that stays there and that it can't just be refund credit notes only. So yes, I think it would be helpful and we would see some holiday makers accept that. But for many people, it's just not an option now because of the financial pressure they're under themselves. And I think this whole point about the financial protection of this uh, refund credit note is important, isn't it, Alistair? I, I had an email just last night from a travel agent. Um, they said they wanted to see if I could help answer the question because they said, uh, um, I cannot get uh, contact ABTA, but on their website, they're putting uh, information saying that refund credit notes are fully ABTA or atoll bonded. But then he says, I've asked the CAA to clarify that. And the reply from the CAA, which I have here, says, this is currently a matter of discussion with the government and we will hopefully have an update published on our website in the near future. So the CAA are not prepared to confirm that they're covered. So how does ABTA have the confidence to put on its website, Alistair, that they are? Because it, it's within the terms of Atoll that... that the principle of a delayed refund is still uh, uh, absolutely listed as part of the original sale protection. And there's a six month run on on a bond and that's where the dates actually come from. So in, in, in the event of a failure, the organizer has to process a refund or has to, uh, or has to uh, ensure performance. And if there's a failure of the organiser or anybody in that chain, the Air Travel Trust Fund will refund the consumer. So it's very helpful. One of ABTA's big asks is that for the CAA to uh, to actually come out publicly. But whether they do or they don't, the refund credit note is protected within the ABTA guidance and, and how ABTA bonds, so non-air packages, and the atoll bond. So it, it's within the T's and C's. And in any event, including the failure event, that original sale continues to be protected. Okay. All right. So now both of you have talked about, you know, the pressure on the government. Um, Rory's putting it on from his side. ABTA have been, as you say, consistently trying to get some clarity and some guidance from the government. So where are we with this? Because it does feel like we've been talking about this for, um, we're now in the sixth week of lockdown. And I think we've been waiting and waiting. Our front page this week is we're still waiting is our headline. So are we expecting anything this week? We've got today and tomorrow, or um, are we expecting anything at all? Alistair. Yes, first, Alistair. <laughs> well, That's you. you know, 
there's been many false starts on this, hasn't there? there? There's been views that the CAA are supportive. There's been views, anecdotal views, that the DFT are supportive. Uh, but base are the issue, and it's the issue around consumer detriment. And, and I can see that. But, but more than that, to me, uh, uh, as a leader of uh, a, you know, a retail business and tour operator, it, it does feel like a Mexican standoff between airlines and government, frankly, at the top of the food chain. You know, would BA have come out with the statement that they made yesterday or would they not if they weren't in dialogue with government over getting to a conclusion? And the same with Virgin and the same with, you know, a, n- a number of the others. And, and frankly, Lucy, if, if the CAA stood up and managed their EU 261 right of airlines and airlines were processing refunds the rest of the food chain would act naturally so it's it it's not in anybody's interest uh, to not process refunds for consumers that want them uh, but but actually that's the position that we're in because this four billion figure cash is not anywhere and therefore you know the process has got to take its course and it's got to start with the airlines processing uh, refunds more rigorously to allow the atoll process, the repackaging with air, to be able to start refunding. So, so that's the, the you know the biggest ask of any of these things. If government could do anything to help, they'd be ensuring that airlines operate properly because they've got the cash for the air that they're not going to perform. Okay, so that's the biggest ask uh, on Alistair's side. Uh, Rory, what's your big ask of government and are you hopeful of any action? I think quite similar to, to Alistair, certainly in our top two is the um, the difficulty in getting airlines to refund um, because that affects not just millions of consumers directly, but as we've said, and, and to echo Alistair, it, it is causing a difficulty in package holiday providers meeting their legal obligations under the PTRs. Um, and, and that's a huge problem. And I think it, it's worrying that, you know, 12 member states have gone to the EU yesterday to try and ask for a suspension of refund rights on air travel cancellations. That thankfully seems to have been given a no. But again, I think it's it is a problem in that it's reflective of the bit by bit process that seems to be coming from government, whereas this really needs a, a kind of whole industry approach to it. it it's not good enough for the, the CAA or any other regulator to come out and continue to reissue, to restate what the current rules are. That doesn't help consumers because the rules aren't being followed. And it doesn't help those packaged holiday providers or airlines who are not following those rules either. What we need is enforcement. Um, I know that won't necessarily be great news to the audience listening here, but what I would say is, and what we have said several times, is alongside that enforcement, there must come help as well. We cannot have regulators simply come out and enforce unless government has a plan to help the travel industry, because otherwise we go back to the situation we talked about at the start of this, which is that lots of travel companies in particular, because you know, let's be frank, many of the airlines are in a better financial position. 
lots of holiday companies will go bust. And, and to take the which position on that, you know, apart from the terrible job losses that that would incur at what's already a difficult time for people, that is bad news for consumers. If lots of holiday companies go bust, when we do get back to traveling, when we do get back to holidays, which we are all, I know I am desperate to, um, I'm looking up at the skies at airplanes at this stage when I, when I see them come past, there will be fewer holiday companies. If there are fewer holiday companies, there is less competition. If there is less competition, we'll see prices rise. So it's absolutely imperative that the government acts with consistency, enforcement, but also with help for the travel industry. And, and as to the second part of that, when, when that will come, I mean, we, we have given up guessing. Um, we, we have been told it's imminent several times from, from different areas, and it just doesn't seem to turn up. Um, you know, I think I know Abta and I know we and other parts of the industry have made the case very clear. So government are certainly aware of it, um, but it, it's difficult to know exactly what's causing the holdup. I want to come back on a couple. Of, I want to come back on that enforcement point in a second. But first of all, I mean, clearly you are making your case and you've got this difficult position because you're representing consumers, but you also understand the needs of the travel industry. But you know, Amazon made the point that the holdup is Bayes, who absolutely don't want to do anything that looks anti-consumer. And, you know, your position, I, I, it's interesting what you've explained it, but it, it's coming across as it's the real consumer champion position. And some people have said that your reports and your, um, you know, statements that you're making are actually sort of adding fuel to Bayes' sort of concern that they, they don't want to do anything that's anti-consumer. So do you think your position is actually helping the ultimate long-term position for the consumer? I absolutely do, as, as you would expect me to say. Um, it, it was important that which came out and protected consumers' rights to refunds because, speaking directly, the industry was bulldozing them. And, and nobody was standing up for that. Um, it wasn't just that consumers were confused, they were getting increasingly angry about it as well. So it was important that which came out and spoke to Bayes, which we have, spoke to consumers and spoke to industry. Um, but as I've just said, I, I really do think that we have quite a balanced view um, in that we do appreciate the stresses and strains on industry, but we are absolutely resolute that those cash refunds must be paid. Um, and it's not just, you know, I've said a few times about people who are under financial pressure, and, and that is a real concern. You know, we, we are hearing from quite a lot of people, as you would imagine, who are in very different financial circumstances from when they booked the holiday. Yeah. But consumer anger is also based on, they signed up under a certain set of laws, they want this money back, and they're being told they can't have it. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a difficult industry position to take that we are going to hold on to this money, whether you agree with us or not. Um, and we talked about that in the 10-point plan and, and in some of our reports, the confidence in the industry is low. Um, and I know at the moment we are, we are all focused on the short term and the survival of companies, but there is a concern in the medium to long term about the confidence of customers to book again. You know, yeah. I, I want to go out and tell people, book a holiday. And, and we have said for years of which, book a package holiday because the protections are absolutely fantastic. That isn't really the case anymore because the rules have either been broken or they have been bent. 
Um, and, and we need that to be undone, really, um, because we need to look towards the future for new bookings as well. Um, and it's very difficult at the moment to advise people to book, a- apart from with those handful of companies who, who are yeah. meeting the PTRs. OK, well, let's come back to the reputation. We must come on to that. But I mean, Alistair, isn't half the problem here that, you know, Rory keeps talking about industry um, as a collective, but it's so complex, the travel industry, with such a vast range of size of companies. You've got TUI or Nems of Abta that have got, you know, an airline and a tour operator and travel, you know, you've got huge companies right down to very small members. And so, you know, uh, calling them industry is 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 one, um, you know, it, that, that causes a problem because you've got different people affected here. And my other point around enforcement that I wanted you to pick up on, Alistair, I know you were saying that you should enforce this, you know, the package travel they've got to stand for something. But I mean, the trading standards issued guidance to its own officers uh, just yesterday saying um, that this situation was so uh, unprecedented. They're saying that the, you know, normal legal rem- remedies and enforcement is not appropriate in this, this time. So you're saying they need to enforce it, but even trading standards that, you know, who, you know, basically, you know, enforce the PTRs, they're saying it's, it's just not possible because this situation is so extreme. What would you say to that, Alistair? Yeah, I, it, it is impossible. And, that, and that's an interesting comment. I think what we've got to be careful of, actually, is, is not adding another wave of complexity with the CMA. So the Competition and Market Authority looking into the process of refunds and and you know it it's a it's a bit turkeys for christmas to be honest lucy and 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 to your original point it's really unhelpful that that governments see the tourism industry as one thing because i i think up until this point the the tour operators and agency market has operated legally it's operated you know, within the guidance set out by ABTA and Atoll, controlled by the CAA, and generally it's done it's done the right thing. So we've never seen a position whereby, you know, airlines don't operate to their EU rules, and, and that's not happening. And because that's not happening and the CAA aren't enforcing it, then for government to bring in the CMA as another layer of complexity is really unhelpful. And... and you know, from the consumer's perspective, so to, you know, to Rory's point, it actually, practically, this is about what is the quickest way to give a customer a refund through the process? And, and that isn't, uh, you know, consumers going to small claims court, that would just take too long, probably isn't government directly, uh, you know, paying the refunds either, because that would take too long as well. It's just, some compliance top down to allow uh, you know the organizers to process the refunds not to be unreasonably withheld so if that starts to happen you know the original date of 31st of July would probably happen for a large amount of the cancellations that that aren't going to be performed through you know through March and April but it, it that's where it has to start with no other uh, layers of complexity added okay i mean one of the things we've seen this week is that a few companies now are starting to put out statements saying that they are now processing and paying refunds. So we've had a, a few statements um, through and press releases, which is obviously, I imagine, good news. You welcome that. Would you say that um, 
Do you think that's happened because of pressure you've put on uh, Rory? Or do you think, both of you, that it's just a natural progression and it's just taken the the, you know, that amount of time to unravel all this huge situation? We, we're talking like, you know, Emirates was saying half a million uh, bookings to process, two e 900,000. So these are huge numbers. You, I think one of you made the point about Lots of companies had to furlough staff, so they don't even have enough people to do the processing or to answer the phones. So, you know, do, do you see that as a sort of a, a win, Rory, that pressure from you, or do you just think it's the sort of natural state or order of things? No, it's, it's all us, Lucy. Uh, uh, it, it's certainly, I think, some of the pressure which has applied to the largest operators, and, and that really has been where our focus has come, is large tour operators and, and large airlines. Um, I think some of that pressure probably has told on them. Um, I agree some of it is, is just to do with the timeliness of it, of, of them organising themselves better. And, and some of it will be the signs from government. You know, I, I think a couple of weeks ago, we, we all felt that perhaps some change was coming to the PTRs. We were certainly worried about it, which is why we acted. That seems unlikely now. Um, and, and as we've said, the CMA are now involved. We've got EU legislation being talked about. So, so the signs are that there won't be a change to the PTRs. And, and I'm sure that has had an effect as well. And I think part of this, and, and to, to kind of address something Alistair was talking about a little bit earlier, there is an important distinction between the large tour operators and the small top tour operators. And I think there's also an important distinction between those tour operators that can't pay refunds and those tour operators that won't pay refunds. And there is a distinction there. I'm not going to get into to naming names, but there are some tour operators that do have the cash, but are unwilling to pay it back. And those are some of the, the worst examples. And I think it's important that consumers know that while there is huge sympathy for the, the, the travel industry, as I keep calling it. Um, there are some tour operators that genuinely just need a bit of time to get the money back from suppliers. And, and again, we've reflected that in, in the 10-point plan. Um, you said you're not going to name names, but you have produced a list. Of, produced of the 10 list. biggest tour operators and the 10 largest airlines. people airline. that you can trust and people that you can't. I mean, what, you know... You know, you're adding to that list. I saw you put somebody else on the. You know, you're you're obviously. I don't know how long this is going to exist, but this could be, you know, something that exists. And you talk about reputation and whether people will book again. But and then back to your point, some people will not be on the good list because they genuinely couldn't pay. I understand what you're saying. There might be some that, you know, refuse to pay when they could. But what happens to the you know the reputation of some of these really great brands in travel who don't get on your good list because they just haven't been able to pay because the money hasn't come back from the airlines to, to Alistair's point, and then they're going to get tarnished with this brush going forward. A couple of points there. Um, I mean, we aren't calling it a good list. Um, it, it is important that that list exists. These are tour operators that are meeting the PTRs, there's about 15 of them on there. And I think it is absolutely right that they get a bit of time in the spotlight. A lot of the criticism that Witch has had about this from, from um, travel industry is that we are kind of relentlessly negative, that we're saying that nobody is paying 
that's not the case. We are saying that some people are paying. We've been very proactive, both on, on TV and radio and, and in the article that you're mentioning, in saying that, that there are some companies that are doing the right thing. An increasing number of them. Out of the huge number of travel companies in the in the country, is, I mean, it's a, it's a fraction. Does it worry you, Alistair, the, the sort of reputational damage to the travel industry? Uh, yes, it does overall, but but I do support Rory's efforts in you know the the difference between can't pay and won't pay, and there is movement, Lucy. You know, more people are falling into line, and there is evidence of that. But the last thing we want is one person at the end of one phone processing the refunds at a large airline because you know there's ten years worth of refunds, so it's got to be you know proportionate, but. The distinction between those people that want to and are offering a sensible process to get there and those people who still today are saying we are not refunding under any circumstances that does need to be called out and established and and you know which are in a very strong position uh in in terms of uh, in terms of doing that you know the the one point from apta lucy that's worth knowing is in sitting behind, you know, the refund credit note position, actually those smaller organisers, in, including ourselves in this, are, are taking a risk because we're guaranteeing the refund on full atoll sales without knowing what the airline is doing. And so, we, you know, we are taking a risk of all of that value, probably half the value uh, uh, of atoll, knowing that in the end, the, the people will be made to do the right thing over a period of time. We just hope that that's timely because it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, you, you say you support um, Rory's or calling out those who aren't doing the right thing. Uh, we had uh, Mark Tanza speaking. Uh, he was speaking on business uh, BBC Breakfast. He said they absolutely were going to take action against members that weren't paying refunds when they should be or refusing to pay refunds. Uh, I'm not going to name names either, but I have spoken to uh, at least one operator who said we're we're just not we're just not giving refunds. So, you know, and they you know there are people who aren't doing that. And what is ABTA doing then for, you know, in terms of you know clamping down, as you say, you know, is it sort of taking action against those members that are that could pay refunds but aren't aren't yeah. even offering them? Most consumers will complain to the organiser and ultimately to ABTA and, and many get involved in the ABTA scheme of arbitration, you know, as well in terms of trying to reach a, a sensible conclusion. And, and, and ABTA's code of conduct is where this position will be applied and that will be based on uh, both the complaint level and, and also, you know, in terms of the relationship between ABTA and the tour operator or agent, uh, you know, that's where this will be called out. And ultimately, yes, you know, to be a member of ABTA, you've got to behave within the constraints uh, that, that ABTA place upon you. And, and it's voluntary, so not everybody needs to be in ABTA, although they do need to bond their, their, their packages, but 90% of the industry choose to be in ABTA and, and behave within those constraints. So, uh, APTA will absolutely enforce because they're not going to allow in the long term, uh, however big, agents or operators not 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 behaving within the constraints that APTA place on the industry and on behalf of consumers. Okay. Uh, another thing I just wanted to ask about was, um, Rory, you suggested if people weren't able to get a refund, you were suggesting that they should go to their 
credit card, you know, get, you know, get the money back from their credit card supplier. So that's um, been an issue, of course, that's, that's concerning the industry because, of course, the, you know, the, the whole issue around chargebacks, Alistair, um, you know, you're encouraging people to do that. And then the problem is, even though the agent isn't isn't legally liable for that chargeback, it often comes to the agent. So you're, a, you know, running a big uh, retail uh, agency business, Alistair. How worried are you about chargebacks uh, and, and them coming to agents and then that agent, you know, them taking that money off the agent and those agents, you know, are really worried that they, I'm not saying yours, but there are agents out there that are really worried that their businesses will go under if that if that happens in you know to a to a large degree yeah it's a real concern and and also you know it's it's an angle for consumers to use to attempt to get their money back along with travel insurance practically though lucy what i can say so far is that if if agents and operators so organizers are following the up to guidance and issuing the refund credit note within 14 days banks are supporting that in terms of a form of refund so you know against 50 million pounds worth of refunds so far uh, our chargebacks are less than 50k and they've been defended so that that just shows you anecdotally that that the banks are supporting the principle of refund credit notes uh, to date uh, in in terms of rejecting uh, chargebacks from consumers through their credit cards okay so, so would you therefore not recommend that anymore to your consumers, Rory, if that's not really working? Uh, you know, people who are using chargebacks and Section 75, and, and we did wait a little bit of time before we started talking about those, have in most circumstances been backed into a corner. You know, most of them have waited five, six weeks for a refund. Um, they've been t- given different policies, told this, told that. A lot of it is also aimed at airlines as well. Um, so that they've effectively reached the end of their tether when they get to the chargeback and, and Section 75 claims. And, and we've been really upfront about it. And um, we published something yesterday um, where Visa and MasterCard told us that if vouchers, um, and, and important to say vouchers here, are offered um, and no cash refund is offered, that they will support chargebacks in Section 75. But we've also been upfront with people that the results are really mixed on this, that different banks are taking different views on it, and it, it is not a really quick solution to the problem. The, the solution must come from, from government. If, if millions of people are going to get their money back, um, it's going to have to come from the government. It won't come from the banks. So I think the people who are using it are, are usually quite desperate desperate and they they need that money back they're quite angry with the holiday company or airline at that stage but yeah we've been really straightforward with consumers that it is not a silver bullet to getting your money back and and it shouldn't really be the mechanism that we need to recommend for people to do so either okay all right I'm conscious of time um and uh but you mentioned reputation I think there's so there's the reputation of the industry um so we'll talk about that. Uh, I think people have been lightening it uh, in just in the last week or so uh, to the banking industry because the you know, media reports about the, the travel industry being dishonest and not being trusted. It's a, it's a really worrying uh, analogy if we're being likened to the to the banking industry. Um, Alistair, you know, going going 
is is the, is a government intervention on this the only way to get us out of, of of going down this sort of track and being and being tarred with that brush? I think some government intervention, certainly government departments getting more joined up, and certainly the CAA coming out in favour of the principle of a refund credit note. I think all those things actually need to happen. The, the other side of it, though, Lucy, is that. Uh, you know, you've got a rebooking rate of probably north of 40%. So many consumers are reasonable and they do recognise the, you know, the unprecedented uh, level that, that we're operating within uh, and, and get that. Uh, I, I think one thing we need to be wary of is that, you know, many tour operators are incentivizing forward bookings, but also putting the prices up. And I don't think that's frankly, very helpful. It's good that they're incentivizing the rebooking, but it's not good that you've got a 20 or 30% difference in price of a holiday that would have been taken in 2020 to the same holiday in 2021. So that's one to watch in terms of reputation. But it, but in overall terms, you know, the best will come through this and find a way, find a way to finance themselves to stay solvent and to look after their consumers. But I do think they can do that by following, you know, APTA's line and make people understand refund credit notes and try and get everybody paid as quickly as possible. Yeah. And just before we move on, I mean, APTA has faced a, a, some criticism over this whole issue. I know it's in a difficult position because it represents large members, tiny members. It's looking after consumer interests as well. So it's got a difficult position. However, there has been some criticism it perhaps hasn't acted quickly enough or you know Rory saying that perhaps we haven't had the clarity we should have had so what is your view on that as ABTA chairman could ABTA have done a better job through this and how is that its reputation is it is it been tarnished in any way uh I think when we're through all of this uh the ABTA brand won't be tarnished it will have it, it will be understood that they've had to stand in front of uh, government and any of the bodies that should have been standing up for the rights of the industry and 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 consumers and and haven't but but i think abta have, have operated as well as they can in terms of communication both to consumers and to the industry in terms of operating you know without any formal governance process and, and that's a really difficult place and never a place that ABTA wanted to be so so in the end I think Lucy this will be okay some people will blame ABTA some people will blame ABTA for the principle of having to take a credit note and wait for a refund but you know ABTA's place is to keep its uh, to keep its membership so you know to to support you know the PTRs and the refunds in 14 days and let half the industry go bust would not have been the right thing either. So I think in in a very delicate and balanced position, uh, APTA have operated impeccably. And would you agree with that, Rory? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I think from our perspective, it would have been better if APTA had approached government directly and asked them to help um, with money rather than asking consumers to, to effectively loan their money for a period. Um, particularly when it became clear that for many consumers that was unacceptable and particularly when it became clear that, you know, we're going back six weeks now when we were first talking about it 
after a couple of weeks, it became clear because of furlough um, and the seriousness of the situation that, that many people were going to need that money back. So I, I do think the refund credit notes uh, is the wrong decision for consumers. Um, and I think consumers will probably not accept that if, if that proposal goes through and people have to wait a year for cash refunds, they will continue to be very angry. I think the kind of crux of the issue is that many of the tour operators, particularly the biggest ones, when they communicate with their customers, and, and this is whether they're telling them they have to wait or that they're not going to get a refund at all, that they're only issuing refund credit notes or vouchers, they are using ABTA language to communicate that to them. Um, so even when they are breaching package travel regulations, they are saying that they are, are relying on ABTA guidance, advice. I've seen the word regulatory as well in there. Um, and, and that is, I think, a worry for ABTA um, and a worry for trust in the industry as well, because people have been given incorrect advice, sometimes incorrect legal advice. I've, I've seen many of these emails from customers. Um, so I, I welcome Alice was saying particularly that, that those tour operators who are telling people that they won't get a refund will be cracked down on. I think that, that would make a really big uh, impact on consumers if that could be done and, and done quickly. But ultimately, I, I think this refund credit note is wrong for consumers and, and it's wrong for the industry as well. I'm just going to let Alistair come back, as you said, it should be a worry for uh, ABTA. So let's just let, uh, I guess, Alistair come back on that. Uh, I I kind of agree with part of that, Rory. I think a, a number of tour operators and uh, organisers are taking what they want to read from the ABTA guidance and making that fit. Uh, that is unhelpful and ABTA absolutely need to control that. Where I would call out on it, though, is in, in terms of the lobbying of government, that has been a constant and, you know, the refund credit note is not where this started. Where this started was government support for the position. Uh, it's just there's no government support for the position. So uh, ABTA had to find a way through which was acceptable for some consumers and also the industry not to become insolvent. And that's, uh, uh, and that's the process of the six weeks to date. But nobody lobbies more than ABTA with base the CAA the Department for Transport the DCMS that's what they spend their whole time doing it's, ju it's just a lot of that is is behind the scenes activity that never gets published what, what will it take then I mean are we going to see mass failures of large companies and then consumers losing their money for the government to to take action you know some would say ABSA's not going to get its voice heard so I mean, I'm being devil's advocate. I know what you're saying. They've been really trying, but nothing's happened so far. So what will, will it take? Do we, are, we, are we waiting for some companies to fail until the, the government suddenly goes, oh, God, this is quite a big deal. I need, we need to step in. For me, I think it will be the first airline that goes to the brink. And, you, you know, uh, would British government uh, allow an issue for British Airways to go to the brink? Personally, I don't think so, but that's where it's got to start and everything else will flow on from that. Okay. All right, G gentlemen, I think we could carry on talking about this issue for a long time. It is absolutely uh, the, the single most important and pressing issue that the industry is facing. Uh, but I really, really appreciate uh, both of your time this morning talking through your different sides 
uh, of the argument. But thank you very much to Alistair from Mid-Counties and uh, wearing his ABTA chairman hat and also to Rory from Rich. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Following the webcast, Rory Boland has advised that the £7 billion figure referred to in relation to the size of the travel industry was based on a sum quoted by APTA, inclusive of the package holiday and flight-only markets. To watch this and many other Travel Weekly lockdown webcasts, visit go.travelweekly.co.uk forward slash webcasts.